0: Today, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Have an interesting one today, who has been on the podcast with us previously. It's Mako Gold. The ASX code is MKG. It's trading just under a cent there at 0.9 of a cent for a market cap of $6 million. Don't let uh, that worry you at all, because uh, the company uh, has been making some, uh, well, injecting some new projects into its portfolio. It's got an existing resource of uh, more than 860,000 ounces of gold. And its focus is West Africa, particularly Cote d'Ivoire, where we find Perseus and other Australian companies have been kicking goals there in recent times. So we've got Peter Ledwich, who is the founder and MD of the wonderfully named Mako with us today to bring us up to speed with what is shaping up to be a very interesting 2024. So with that, g'day Peter, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Hi Barry, thanks for uh, hosting me. I bet I've I've mentioned, uh, I think the story of the uh, company's uh, gold project, the 868,000 ounce resource you have there, um, is fairly well known. But uh, I see that uh, there's three things afoot, really. You've got this um, transaction, potential transaction with Gold Ridge Resources, also active in the country, and uh, an evolving manganese story, potentially globally significant, and uh, lithium, um, outcropping pegmatites identified on a project area you have there. So let's start with where you're at with the existing uh, project, the the one that has the uh, 868,000-ounce resource you continuing to drill there to expand that resource base?
1: yeah, so uh, yeah we were drilling up until uh, quarter three or I can remember four last year and uh, obviously with these challenging markets we you know we've had to be uh, conservative with our with our spend. So what we've been doing as, as you mentioned we got eight hundred sixty eight thousand ounces uh, uh, in our maiden resource and and we've got uh, seventeen other targets. Uh, based on uh, work that we've done, including uh, uh, limited RC drilling, uh, air core drilling, <clears throat> auger drilling, uh, mapping and so on. So what we've been doing there lately is uh, looking at the western contact. We've been, up to now, we've been focusing on the eastern contact of the green stones and the granite. And, and now we're looking at the western contact where we have a, a relatively deep artisanal mining site. So obviously those guys aren't uh, going down to you know thirty forty meters for uh, low grade and and we had a few interesting drill results so we've been mapping and, and rock chip sampling and and uh, some uh, ASX releases should be coming out of that in, in a not too distant future uh, it, and those present new targets for drilling
0: for adding more ounces I think you've said peter in the in the past there's a pathway there for to eventually get to 3 million ounces, uh, if not more.
1: Yeah, that's correct, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a common story we hear from uh, West African gold projects. Get in there, drill, 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 and grow the resource over time, and um, either get into development like uh, Perseus and West African Resources, two of the most successful Australian listed gold producers, or uh, get taken over by um, the Canadians or the Russians or the Chinese. So. Be one to watch as uh, you progress work there. Now, I mentioned this Gold Ridge Resources acquisition or potential acquisition. Um, tell us a bit about that.
1: Yeah, so we've been uh, we signed a non-binding agreement with them uh, late last year, and <clears throat> basically they have uh, a permit uh, just north of Napier, and uh, they've they've done a bit of preliminary drilling on it, and and it, for us, it you know it's a kind of a symbiotic. Uh, 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 potential here where, uh, you know, combine the two together and, uh, um, you know, it, it, consolidates the area for us and then for them, it, it it gives them, you know, our, our good management and, and, uh, and on the ground team as well. So it's something right now we're doing the due diligence on it. And, uh, and, um, we'll, we'll be, uh, you know, uh, announcing that, uh, you know, once we finished our due diligence. So it's something that for us is in a creative transaction, it could be in a creative transaction. And, and uh, yeah, it seems to, um, you know,
0: it would be good for everybody to, to do that. Sensible consolidation, rationalization, always a good thing. Now, uh, it's a Goldridge is unlisted, private company? At the- uh, that's correct, yeah. So who are the people behind it? Well,
1: there's um, there's a few people behind behind it, and and uh, the most noteworthy person uh, would be Kagan Wang, the the uh, ex uh, founder and managing director of Tieto, uh who uh, put their mine. In, you know, he he built that mine. Uh, you know, from uh, boots on the ground. You uh, know, doing the deal to uh, going into production uh, early in twenty twenty three. So. So you know, bring in, bring in, uh, those people on uh, would would uh, you know kind of uh, be well perceived, I believe.
0: Uh, because I think uh, he took that Cheeto uh, from what a forty million dollar IPO up to the six hundred and fifty million uh, takeover bid uh, they've received from uh, one of uh, a Chinese group that's also one of their substantial shareholders. Uh, he certainly knows his way around Cote d'Ivoire and West Africa.
1: Exactly, and uh, you know, I've known Kagan for a number of years now, and uh, and I think there's a mutual respect there. And uh, you know, we're we're all good explorers. So he he beat us to the punch, uh, you know, to to develop a mine and, and uh the only uh, greenstone belt in West Africa that didn't have a an operating mine. So uh, you know, well done to them, and and we're welcome to have their input uh, as
0: an advisor. So the are you able to say what work they have done that uh, has encouraged you to, uh, apart from obviously absorbing the, uh, the personnel and the expertise, what uh, what sort of interest there is at the uh, prospect level?
1: Yeah, well, there's, uh, they've had, they've done some air Corps drilling and then some uh, uh, um, uh, RC drilling as well. And, and there's several prospects on there and I've, you know, I've actually can, uh, conducted a site visit there um, and, you uh, you know, there's some artisanal working. So, so we know there's gold there. And uh, so, you know, the reason we're looking at it is the potential, you know, we talked before that, you know, we, we, we believe that we've got the potential for, you know, two, three, four million ounces on, on Napier. Well, you know, if we can add even only an extra million ounces, you know, by doing this deal, you know, obviously we have to do the drilling, drilling for the resource, then, you know, that, you know that becomes a you know pretty significant uh, a consolidated project.
0: Now, just before moving across to the uh, the new manganese lithium opportunities, uh, how are you off for uh, funds at the moment?
1: Well, we've just completed uh, the first tranche of uh, for two tranche placing, so the second tranche will be going in soon. So, uh, in February sometime. So. Uh, you know, that's uh, raised $2 million. And then we're currently in, in a share placement plan to keep our current shareholders happy. And uh, so that, you know, that could raise up to half a million dollars. So uh, it's, you know, as you know, it's pretty challenging markets. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we are raising $10 million without breaking a sweat like everybody else. And, uh, you know, for us to have raised, you know, two and possibly two and a half million dollars, you know, that that'll help us to, to advance uh, uh, these projects. In, in and as I mentioned, a very challenging market.
0: Yeah, you touched on a point of interest there, um, gold um, price, you know, we're still north of uh, US 2,000 ounce, I think. Um, so, you know, it's still in record territory. What is it you think that's uh, missing from an investor viewpoint at the moment, not just... Across make but all of the the gold stocks. Why why aren't they reflecting this uh, quite bumper gold price?
1: Well, there's there's always a lag, uh, and uh, uh, you know, usually you know, once the price of gold goes up first, it's the producers that get the benefit, and then the juniors, and you know the the, the producers are haven't really. I mean, they've gotten a little bit of benefit. I mean, they're laughing their way to the bank, you know, in Australian dollars, <laughs> uh, and uh, but. I think investors are a little bit wary, you know, like post-COVID, post, uh, you know, all, all, all the all the countries were printing money like it was going out of style. So uh, they're, they're still hanging on to their money a little bit. Uh, uh, I guess the silver lining a little bit is, uh, you know, some of the other uh, commodities have, have fallen out of favor. And, and uh, you know, if you listen to all the analysts, you know, gold's supposed to be the
0: the, the next new thing sort of thing. Mm, yeah, so potentially a big year in 2024. 20, uh, okay then. Now you've added uh, since we last spoke, which was quite some time ago, I admit, um, manganese. Tell us the story there. Yeah. So, you know, I'd I like to call this an opportunistic
1: discovery. So uh, it was on our Corogo uh, project and uh uh, we we were you know looking for gold and I was there I think it was last year and noticed and you know with our uh, chief geo and and, uh, and and our uh, GM exploration and and we noticed that there was a lot of pyrolusite on the ground which is uh, manganese ore and uh you know as our uh, team was doing more work uh, you know mapping it and they kept saying well there's a fair bit of it and i said well define a fair bit and they went out and did some mapping and it it, it you know it was several kilometers so so far we've got two bands that are uh that we've identified and uh, both seven kilometers long with widths you know anywhere from 100 to 300 meters wide and uh, so you know that def- you know, that that's definitely a global uh, significant project. Yeah, and we're
0: talking shallow mineralization here.
1: That's correct, and and unlike you know uh, you know um, uh, most of the manganese deposits, for example, here in Australia that are that are flat lying in shales. This is uh, this is shear hosted, much like gold deposits. So it's ver- you know vertical to sub vertical. And uh, so we, we've already got several bands, you know, that w- w- one to three hundred meters wide. So it, it, you know, from a potential mining scenario, you know, the stripping ratio would likely be pretty
0: pretty nice on that. Now uh, well, the country is known for uh, its manganese production. Is this? Um... The Horga project anywhere near existing manganese operations? It is, uh, and you know, so there are four
1: operating uh, manganese mines, and and uh, they're doing direct shipping ore for uh, for the steel market, and uh, the closest one is seventy kilometers away from us, and in the in the same uh, you know, along the same fault, along in the same rocks and everything. So it's it's. Tried and true, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel if, if we go into uh, production on that or, or, you know, if someone's interested in the JV or something like that. It, there is, uh, you know, an established uh, manganese uh, mining community in Cote So
0: how do you advance the project?
1: Well, two ways. You, you, uh, what we're doing right now, actually, we're just about to start a metallurgical test on it. And uh, that's for the potential for DSO for the, for the steel market. So if you look at, you know, companies here like Element 25, uh, uh, Black Canyon uh, uh, and uh, Firebird, I think, uh, yeah, uh, you know, they've all got uh, deposits that are, you know, 10 to 15 percent uh, manganese and through simple beneficiation. Uh, they get it up to about thirty percent, and uh, and then it's you know basically ready to be loaded on a truck, loaded on a on a ship, and then uh, shipped off to the steel mills. So we're doing we're just about to launch into that that uh, metallurgical test, which is a low cost uh, uh, test for us as well. And uh, and then once once we have that, you know, we're hoping you know what we've gotten so far in our drilling and that is you know ten to fifteen percent uh, manganese. So you know I. You know, I, I don't see why we, we wouldn't get, uh, you know, something that, that could be beneficiated to 30%. And then we're also doing a, an IP, uh, uh, geophysical uh, induced polarization uh, program on one kilometer of it. And uh, that's to be- better outline where the deposit is. And, and once we do that, you know, if we wanted to do resource on it ourselves for one kilometer, it would only cost uh, about half a million dollars, which is cheap, cheapest chips and uh, would, you know, really show, you know, what we have considering we've got 14 kilometers of this and, and, uh, you know, maybe investors would see the potential in that Uh, manganese is, is, you know, the next upcoming uh, EV
0: metal as well. Yep, and irreplaceable in steel production.
1: That's correct.
0: No such thing as recycling manganese in the steel making process. Once it's consumed, it's consumed. So, and steel production is at uh, all time highs, of course. And um, interesting one. The <clears throat> so just in terms of uh, timeline, what should investors be looking out for at, on the manganese in terms of drilling again? Here's some results. Here's a, we're kicking off a study. When do you think all that? So start to jail.
1: Well right now as I said we're doing the, we're about to launch into the IP the lines already been cut for that because you need to cut line for that uh, and uh, and then the metallurgical test so you know the metallurgical test by the time we take the sample ship it off to you know various labs and then get the results you know from from our consultant uh, that will be you know, about two months, I, I would say. And then after that, that's when we're in a position where we can say, okay, well, let's, uh, you know, you know,
0: uh, you know, do a drill out for, for a resource. Now, lithium. Um, Africa, of course, is a growing source of lithium. Some people are blaming it for the current lithium uh, price problems, but uh, it's obviously a lot of potential in the country for lithium. Now, you guys have secured, uh, I think it's the Brobo, project area uh, we have encountered outcropping uh, pegmatites. What's the forward program here?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So uh, we applied for that last year and, uh, you know, we did a, uh, uh, you know, a, a compilation of, you know, the geologically, geologically what would be uh, you know, good areas for that. And uh, so we applied for that last year. It, it's not granted yet, but, you know, we've, uh, it's gone through all the, you know, uh, you know, the the steps that it needs to get granted. So we expect that to be granted uh, very shortly. And then as soon as it's granted, um, what happened is uh, BRGM, which is basically the French Geological Survey, has historically done a lot of work in West Africa. So on, on that robo-permit, they mapped uh, uh, several, like four or five or, or more, I, I can't recall off the top of my head now, uh, multi-kilometer long pegmatites. And uh, so the first step that we would do is go go to see those pegmatites, uh, take samples, uh, see if they're uh, you know good for lithium or rivers. and uh, and uh, the next step after that would be. Once the once the lithium uh, price uh, goes up a little bit, then then we can deploy the rigs. But you know, I want to make it clear that our, our number one priority is definitely our gold project, and and you know these other two projects are kind of gravy, and but we don't want it to just dist- you know distract us from, from you know growing uh, that resource at
0: Napien and and then growing our footprint as well. Mm. Yep, fair mm. enough. Understood. But uh, can I just ask with lithium, are you a trailblazer in uh, Cote d'Ivoire for lithium exploration, or are there others also kicking the rocks? Yeah,
1: there, there, there's some private companies that, that have uh, done a little bit work, uh, you know, of work in lithium, but yeah, we're one, one, uh, one of the first. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're the first listed company to, to, to be looking at this. So, uh, you know, we like to be
0: leaders rather than followers. So, you're at an interesting point then, uh, Stage. You've um, got two projects, They're manganese and lithium, which <clears throat> with a bit of work could add some serious value very quickly. And we are talking about your market cap being all of $6 million at the moment. But again, let's go back and focus on the gold. The When do you see the market, one, recognising that you've already got an established resource there, that you, <clears throat> you have an extensive uh, perspective ground that's yet to be tested when do you see the market saying okay it, this should be like a t8 3 years ago or a perseus uh, 7 or 8 years ago when do you see those steps being taken up the ladder
1: yeah that that's a good question because uh, uh, you know all the analysts have their crystal balls and and last year they were telling us that uh, you know 2023 was going to re- see a resurgence uh, they were right in in the fact that the price of gold did did go over to uh, Two thousand dollars an ounce, US. Um, so, you know, um, my my best guess is, uh, uh, you know, that in first quarter, or second quarter, you know, the the um, the, the interest will come back in, into the uh, into the gold juniors. Uh, I, I think there's, and when it does, I think it's going to be pretty well explosive, where all of a sudden people are saying, "Oh my God!" You know, look. These guys, they got, uh, you know, just under 900,000 ounces and they got a market cap of six. Uh, so, yeah, I,
0: you know, that's what, you know, we're hoping will happen. And just a, just a general question, a matter of interest. Um, you've obviously got a good, uh, from what I've seen, a great team on the ground in Coit de Valle, But I was just wondering, you personally, how often do you get over there and kick the rocks as well?
1: Yeah, I would like to get over a couple of times a year. And, uh, and our GM expiration, she goes a little bit more often, uh, normally like, uh, three, sometimes four times, but, but, you know, part of it is, um, you know, when we go over there, we go over there for several weeks. It's not just like uh, a week in the ground and come back. And we usually combine it with a conference that we're going to somewhere, uh, uh you know, to cut costs, uh, But because we do have such an outstanding team, uh, you'll recall that, you know, most of our team comes out of including myself and Anne and our uh, chairman, uh, Michele Musillo. uh, We come out of uh, Orbis uh, that was taken over in 2015. So our our team is uh, ex-Orbis for the most part. And then we've built that up uh, as well with Ivorians. And and, uh, so because we do have a good team, uh, you know, we can... Remote control to a certain extent, but it, it you know I I spent you know a fair bit of time in the ground uh, uh, in July August last year and 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 uh, you know it was quite a few days on the manganese project, so I could get you know first uh, first impression on it, and and I think that's important.
0: Now, uh, Peter, we are talking West Africa, and for some investors, that can be an area of concern. West Africa, of course, is it's not a homogeneous place. I think there's dozens of countries there. Give us a feel for where Côte um, d'Ivoire uh, fits on yeah. the you know, the risk sort of profile that some mm-hmm. investors would worry about.
1: Yeah, well, it, and it's understandable because some investors don't don't understand that uh, Africa is over fifty countries, and uh, and then I, I, you know there's been a, a bad rap because of uh, of coups in in various countries, uh, so you know around West Africa, and. You know, because of that, that's why, you know, we could see the writing on the wall. A few years ago, we'd made with Mako, we'd made a discovery in, in Burkina Faso and and uh, we sold that uh, to Norgold a few years ago and, and exited the country because we could see the security situation was deteriorating, and which it has. Uh, having said that, you know it's not likely to happen in cote d'ivoire because a cote d'ivoire is a wealthy country by african standards so they've got a a well-financed military and police force and uh, the vegetation uh, makes it a little bit more difficult for uh, jihadists to come in come in and out and uh, on on my presentation uh i i have a slide that actually shows the risk profile of, of uh, cote d'ivoire and it's it's in the same category as uh as for example, South Africa. So uh, people can't just
0: lump all the all the countries in 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 one basket. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, given we're talking about West Africa across the border there in Guinea, we have the world's single biggest uh, mining project, um, the Rio Tinto and Chinese consortium led development of Simindu, twenty six US billion dollars. So West Africa, a, a growing mineral region across gold obviously and now iron ore and who knows maybe manganese and lithium too so peter it's been fascinating catching up again good luck with it all we'll be watching with interest okay thank you barry and uh until we talk next time cheers